Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Monday, January 16th. I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. We've got a treat for you on Monday's Moving Forward where we are going to feature crimes of the century. And uh, according to Woody Overton, he has over the years received many notes from listeners asking for him to specifically dig into this case and give you his opinion. And we're going to do that today. So we are going to focus on a case that grabbed the country. It grabbed the country for a bunch of reasons. It happened on Christmas Day or possibly just in the overnight hours between Christmas Day and the 26th. It happened to a beautiful young child. It happened in a place that's idyllic, uh, Boulder, Colorado, with the Rocky Mountains in the background and seemingly a place where nothing ever goes wrong and you've figured it out by now. We're going to talk today about the murder of Jean-Benet Ramsey back in 1996 at just the age of six. So a little bit of background real quickly. Ramsey was uh, an American child beauty queen. She was killed at the age of six in her family's home in Boulder, Colorado. A long handwritten ransom note was found in the home. Her father, John, found her body in the basement of the house about seven hours after she had been reported missing. She had sustained a broken skull from a blow to the head and been strangled. The autopsy report stated that John Bonet's official cause of death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. Her death was ruled a homicide. As I said, the case generated worldwide public media interest in part because of her mother, Patsy Ramsey, a former beauty queen, had entered JonBenet into a series of child beauty pageants. The crime is still considered a cold case today, and the investigation is open with the Boulder Police Department. Yeah, so in 1991, John and Patsy, they moved to Boulder, Colorado, where John, who was a software executive, had just been promoted to the company's headquarters. And Patsy Ramsey soon began entering young John Bonet Ramsey in various child beauty pageants in and around 
Boulder, Colorado. Now, John Bonet was beautiful, y'all. Uh, she was six years old. She was on uh, a stage in front of a lot of people, which is a big part of the reason this case grabbed the nation's attention the way it did. John Bonet won the titles of American Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix. Charlevoix. Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids, CoverGirl, the National Tiny Miss Beauty. And Patsy was often described as a pageant mother by the media after the murder. Now, in the summer of 1997, approximately six months after her death, the Ramseys moved to a new home in Atlanta. And according to statements that Patsy gave authorities on December 26, 1996, she realized that her daughter was missing after she found a two-and-a-half-page handwritten ransom note on the kitchen staircase. The note demanded $118,000, and the amount alone seemed strange to everyone. Now, I'm going to read you the ransom note uh, because it's it's such a key piece of this story and uh, has been talked about for years, so I'm going to read it verbatim. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see her in 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account, $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you'll put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery, and hence the earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation from my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money in any way is marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. And the ransom note is signed, well, the last line says victory, and then it's signed S. B T C, all in capitals, which will come up throughout the uh, 
throughout the investigation, throughout the story. So John pointed out to police immediately that the amount was nearly, the $118,000 amount, was nearly identical to the Christmas bonus he had earned for the prior year, which suggested that someone had access to that information, which obviously would be confidential information with his company. The ransom note was unusually long. The FBI felt that it was very unusual for such a note to be written at the crime scene. In other words, not prepared ahead of time, uh, but written on scene and left on scene. The police believed that uh, the note was staged because it did not have any fingerprints except for Patsy's and uh, the authorities who had handled it. The note was written with a pen and notepad from the Ramsey home. According to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation report, there are indications that the author of the ransom note is is, uh, Patsy Ramsey. However, the evidence fell short of a definitive conclusion to that. Um, Michael Bodden, a board-certified forensic pathologist who has consulted with both sides of the case, said he had never seen a note like it in his 60 years of experience, and he did not think it was written by an outside stranger. A federal court later ruled it highly unlikely that Patsy wrote the note, citing six certified handwriting experts on that opinion. Now, Patsy telephoned the police at 5.52 a.m. She also called some family members. She called some friends. And two police officers responded to the 911 call and arrived at the Ramsey home within three minutes. They conducted a search of the house and did not find any sign of force entry. Officer Rick French went to the basement, came to a door that was secured by a wooden latch. He paused for a moment in front of that door, but walked away without opening it. French later explained that he was looking for an exit route used by the kidnapper, which the closed inside peg rolled out. John Bonet's body was later found behind that door. That's a big part. Now, with John Bonet still missing, John made arrangements to pay the ransom. A forensic team was dispatched to the house, and the team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped and and John Bonet's bedroom was the only room in the house that was corned off to prevent contamination of evidence. No precautions were taken to prevent contamination of evidence in the rest of the house now. Meanwhile, friends, victims advocate, and Ramsey's family minister arrived at the home to show support. Visitors picked up and cleaned all surfaces in the kitchen, possibly destroying evidence. Boulder Detective Linda Arndt arrived at 8 a.m. in anticipation of receiving further instructions from kidnappers, but there was never an attempt by anyone to claim the money. Now, at 1 p.m., Detective Arndt asked John Ramsey and a family friend to search the house to see if anything seemed amiss. They started their search in the basement. John opened the latch door, which Officer French had overlooked, and found his daughter's body in one of the rooms. Another key point, I think. John Bonet's mouth was covered with duct tape, and a nylon cord was found around her wrist and neck. Her torso was covered by a white blanket. John picked up his daughter's body and took it upstairs. When John Bonet was moved, the crime scene was further contaminated, and critical forensic evidence was disturbed for the returning forensic team. Now, each of the Ramseys provided handwriting, blood, and hair samples to the police. John and Patsy participated in a preliminary interview for more than two hours, and John Bonet's brother Burke was also interviewed within the first couple of weeks following John Bonet's death. In 1998, 
The police and district attorney formally eliminated Burke, who was nine years old at the time of the murder, as a suspect. Okay. Before I start on the next part, the autopsy, I want to say it's bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> I'm sitting here for the last 11 minutes, and my brain is screaming bullshit. And at some point, all I started hearing is the Charlie Brown's teacher going, wah, 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 wah. So I want to go back before I do the autopsy. And, and first of all, certainly I don't have any direct knowledge uh, that I wasn't there. And, and so – We'll lay that disclaimer out, uh, um, but I'm going to tell you what I think anyway in a minute. But the this I went to homicide school right not long after this happened. One of the first homicide schools I went to, and we went it over everything from pronouns and and the alleged uh, ransom note and everything else and whatever. So I'll tell you about the autopsy, and I guess we'll get into the bullshit. So. The autopsy revealed that Jean Bonnet had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. The official cause of the death was asphyxia by strangulation associated with uh, craniocerebral trauma. There was no evidence of conventional rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out. Although no semen was found, there was evidence that there had been a vaginal injury. At the time of the autopsy, the pathologist recorded that it appeared her vagina vaginal area had been wiped with a cloth. Her death was ruled as a homicide. A Garrett, y'all, which is just a, uh, a choking mechanism, a handheld ligature of chain or rope or wire that was made from a length of nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush was tied around JonBenet's neck and had apparently been used to strangle her. Part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies, but the bottom third of it was never found despite extensive searching of the house by the police in subsequent days. The autopsy revealed a vegetable or fruit material which may represent pineapple, which Jean Bonnet had eaten a few hours before her death. Photographs of the home taken on the day when Jean Bonnet's body was found show a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. However, neither Jean nor Patsy said they remember putting the bowl on the table or feeding the pineapple to Jean Bonnet. Police reported that they found Jean Bonnet's nine-year-old brother, Burke Ramsey's fingerprints on the bowls. All right. Let's talk about the investigation and how it goes, right? right. Um, uh, Experts, the media, and the Ramseys identify uh, a number of potential suspects. So Boulder police start uh, focusing on those as well as on uh, on John and, and Patsy themselves. And by uh, October of 97, so 10 months later, uh, they had over 1,600 people in the index of persons of interest for the case. I mean, so that's a wide net that was cast, but they, they were looking inside as well as outside. Uh, errors were made in the initial investigation, including uh, you know the contamination of a bunch of evidence. We talked about, Jim talked about the friend's uh, that came over and cleaned the kitchen, for instance, uh, et cetera. Uh, we know that her uh, her father picked her body up and carried it Look, uh, upstairs when he found it. So all, all kinds of contamination. I, I'm going to go back, and I want to start with the ramps tonight. Do y'all mind? Yeah, no. Uh, all right. We can do that. Okay. Total bullshit. You, if you are going to go in and brutally murder this young girl, you're not going to and, – and, Okay, let's say the ransom note assumes that she's alive. You're not going to break into a home and kidnap at this time, if the ransom note was correct, kidnap 
this young child and take the time to find a pen and paper inside the residence and write out this very eloquently written letter. Okay, and let's let's talk about that. There, if you study the letter itself, the um the the way the pronouns are used through it, I won't get into it all today. They they there are strong indicators on there that that letter was written by the mother or the combination of the mother and father. Now the you the the ransom amount them saying oh. Oh, I just got my uh, bonus check for the year, and it's almost that amount, uh, exact amount. So uh, it must have been somebody, you know, that had inside knowledge from a work. Well, that's a red herring. They're, they're trying to throw up something else for the police to chase on. But who in the world, in the history of the world, has ever kidnapped someone and taken the time on a Christmas Eve to write this long, elegant letter and kept saying his name over again, John, you're not the smartest one, you're not the biggest dog, da 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 And if you even talk to a dog, you know, we'll kill her. Uh, following up on that, the evidently they uh, disregarded the instructions in the letter because they automatically started getting the money together and the FBI and everybody else was involved. You would not, if, if, if it was my child and I knew she wasn't dead in the basement, I wouldn't involve the cops, all right. And 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 if if you believe that they're so smart that they can break into your house and use your pen and your paper to write this big long demand letter and and you know say all this bad shit and that they're going to do et cetera, you don't call the cops. But go ahead. Yeah, they also look at uh, these handwriting experts and things like that. Look at explanation points and periods and commas and things like that all the time because. When people write, and especially the explanation point, let's focus on that. Not a lot of people use explanation points. And when they do, they don't use them in uh, massive, massive form. Uh, this one had a few more explanation points than you would normally use. And as luck would have it, they had some handwriting samples from uh, John Benet Ramsey's mother that uh, she was a fan of the explanation point, to say the least. So that was. One issue that these handwriting experts notice right off the bat. Let's let's talk about handwriting as experts real quick. Am I cutting you off in mid sentence? Nope. All right. Yeah, uh, handwriting analysis is no more acceptable and proven scientifically than polygraphs. Okay? Yeah, it's it's you could give give it to six different people and you might get six different opinions. All right, the um, it's bullshit and in you, no matter what the handwriting, and I, and I agree with you that 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 um, she wrote it. And of course, I wasn't there; we weren't there, y'all. But my opinion, personal opinion, is she wrote it. There's way too many personal uses of the first name John and everything else the, uh, that that she does, the exclamation marks, etc., to the detailing about who says. Make sure you bring a proper size attache case to the bank. I think that was and, intentional. And, and then you bring, yeah, absolutely. Then you bring it home and put it in a brown paper bag. Yeah, it's fucking too deep. I agree. If you you got a you now uh, presumably while you're writing this letter, you must have this girl with the duct tape over her mouth, and and you, I mean you got her kidnapped, mm -hmm. right? 
But you're taking this time to write this big, long-ass flow letter. You would have brought the letter with you. You are, If you already knew the amount and everything, you're bringing it with you. You're going there to commit this crime of abduction, which never happened. And you're going you're gonna to borrow pen and paper from the house and write all this shit and, and go into all of this detail, detail. Way too much. Way too much. I agree. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those roads, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% 
50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. And, and you brought up verbiage and let's let's talk about that for just a second because there was also in that uh ransom letter an interesting term where the ransom letter starts with listen carefully now normally mm, that could be something somebody just says but here's the issue uh patsy ramsey was a fan of a particular author and he had wrote a book and in that book uh this fictional book that he wrote, it was about a ransom. And the ransom letter also started with listen carefully. So you guys have both come at the ransom letter from the standpoint of a kidnapper would never write a letter from like this. No, no, they would write letters like that, but they won't take the time to find a pen in the home and paper and then write this long letter while they're in the middle of abducting Jean-Benet Ramsey. No it's way. Bullshit. That's I, all I, it is. I agree that that perspective makes complete the, sense. The, I, but I also go to the other side and think, why would parents write a letter that contains so much personal sort of reference, so much personal information that to me would either lead uh, to the police to suspect somebody very close to the family or very involved with the family with a, some kind of vendetta against the family or the family themselves, because no run of the mill kidnappers going to have that much information right, and right. seemingly uh, uh, that much insight hey, into John's personality. Let me, let me take you back to Christmas Eve. Okay. You're her parents. She dies. Um, and again, we have no personal knowledge. We weren't there, but she she dies or is murdered by the brother or, or you know whatever is an accident whatever whatever you believe the deal is the I'm surprised they wrote this good of a letter right your kid is dead you already know this all right the uh, if you if you go with my theory your kid is dead and so you get some paper and a pen from the home the the letter they wrote it, you know try to throw the cops off in, in another way. You're not, you're not Jesus. You're not perfect, right? So when you're writing it out, you're in the oh shit mode and everything else, and you're going through, and it is what it is. It's not going to be perfect. And, and certainly in the school I sat in 30-some years ago, however long ago it was, I think 30 years ago, with they the FBI highlighted on, on this fact, right, that you, you, your kid is dead and you know it, then this is like the holy grail of letters, you know. Uh, it, but they fucked up because they put in too much information and, and all that. What well, you've seen your share of ransom notes over the years? I've studied ransom notes uh, in different classes, and I've actually uh, what I said about handwriting uh, uh, analysis being like polygraphs, you know, the subjective and all that. I've I've had handwriting analysis classes in in. But the ransom notes, the, the ones that I've seen, have all been through classes taught by professionals who handled the, the case. So look, there's two ways to look at this ransom note, either bullshit from the perspective that you believe 
Yeah. It's written by a legitimate kidnapper or from the perspective that it's written by the parents, the family to, uh, to try and cover up uh, an accidental uh, death in the house. Right. Right. Well, so that's see that's, that's the only two ways you can look at it. Okay. Woody Overton's view is, and certainly again, I wasn't there. I have no direct knowledge. It's bullshit. Okay. You don't, break if you're going to go in and kidnap you have such personal knowledge of john and all this and and uh if you're going to go in and do that you bring your own ransom note you don't borrow the pen and paper from the house and take the time to write it while you're committing this crime this is christmas time and you know you're off the the parents are off who's to say while you're taking the time kidnapping the girl and no, first of all you i don't care and unless you use chloroform or something on her, but you still had to break into the residence and you're liable to make some kind of sound. The parents might be light sleepers. If whatever you knew about John, you probably didn't know that. And anybody could have woke up. The, the son could have woke up and heard something, but you're going to take the time to write this big, long, eloquent ransom note. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. The, 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 the and like I said uh, earlier, I don't know if it made it or not, but the you know, writing like, make sure you bring a, a proper size attache case to the bank with you. Who the fuck? Briefcase. Go, go to the bank and get your $118,000, right? And the fact that, again, that to me is the biggest red flag, them saying uh, uh, that it must have been somebody who's very familiar with the fact that I just got a bonus. That means it gives you more suspects on the 1,600 people they were looking at. The, the, the ransom note is bullshit, period. The, any way you read it, you don't break into a house. What if, hey, what if they went in the house and to kidnap JonBenet Ramsey and the Ramseys didn't have any paper in the house or, or pen? What the fuck? Who in the world in the right mind would not take the time to write that before if it's legit? Take it before they write it before they go in. You're going to take the time and possibly that she might have fought or whatever it may be. They might have heard you climbing in the window, whatever it may be. And then you're going to take the time. How long do you think it took to write that note? It took a few minutes. I rarely speak in absolutes. But I'll say this, there's 0% chance of that happening, in my opinion. Absolutely. Zero. Absolutely. You're not going to go in and commit this crime of this abduction and not bring your own ransom note. This note is an oh shit, we're the perfect people, and but we're so intelligent, but our baby girl is dead. Right, well, let, let, but let's go to the right. let's go to the, the position that it was written by the the Ramsey's next, but just to close out on the potential of a kidnapper, I would think if I was a kidnapper who was close enough to a family to know all of these things, I would not want to make that obvious in a ransom note. I would want to be, well, yeah, uh, to appear to be as distant it, as if possible. It goes with, 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 your, with your thought on that, I hope that they were so close to the family, they hung out inside their house every day and need more of their pen and paper <laughs> so they could write this fucking note. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of my question is, uh, how did they know the note was written in the house? Like, because what they, makes it, it, it came from paper. They were able to prove you. the paper that it came from, and the, and the Ramseys evidently identified the pen as as being their own. Yeah. So when you're doing this, and now the ransom note, 
is is long and distinguished. Um, but this, y'all, you don't take the time to do it when you're committing the crime. This is a cover-up, and no crime is perfect. The It, it is a cover-up, a flag. And it, look, it, they didn't... If it was legit and and they're scared, they didn't they didn't pay the ransom note. If you talk to a dog, we'll kill her. Guess what? They called in everybody, right? Including nine one one. Any asshole with a scanner can hear that the nine one one calls come from the house. It's bullshit. Exactly. If you're the parents of a if daughter, you're truly concerned. You, you love deeply. You receive a note like this. The note tells you that all it's going to take is $118,000 to get your daughter back. Yeah. You're not calling the police. You're not involving anyone else. Well, what, you're getting the $118,000 together, what about, and you're getting your daughter what back. About, absolutely. And what about them saying, oh, and when we meet, if you can get the money earlier, maybe we can meet earlier, and we're going to scan you for electronic devices. That is, that's saying that we're going to be face-to-face. No fucking body's going to do a ransom note face and, and a ransom drop face to face, so you can identify them. This it's all bullshit. Okay, so there's three votes against the possibility yeah. that this is a ransom note from a legitimate right. kidnapper. Now, okay, let's take it the other way. You are the parent. Something horrible has happened in the house, whatever it was, and it's resulted in the death of your young daughter and. Now you're going to cover it up, and you're coming up with a way of covering it up. How the heck do you arrive at a ransom note that looks like this? Well, I mean, the maybe she's an avid reader, like Jim said, and she had read a book before. Uh, um, however, that case turned out. The the you have to come up with something other than my daughter is dead. You know why? Because they knew they were going to do the autopsy. They knew. Somebody had been raping her or abusing her, uh, like the autopsy report shows. And yeah, they even showed her vagina had been wiped, right? Why do you do that to get rid of any trace of semen? But there's tearing. She's six years old. Her vagina shouldn't have any signs of anything on it. And the autopsy proved that it did, consistent with abuse, sexual abuse or previous sexual abuse. Right. And I mean, so what? What are you going to do? You're not going to just say, "Oh, well, um, my daughter." You know, let, let let's assume, for the sake of, of thinking, that the son did it, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" And the parents find out they these people have got it going on, right? They're very successful. Um, all, obviously, image is huge for Patsy, and and she having been a former beauty person herself and then in her daughter and all these pageants that she's won. And I think that's the picture that pops in everybody's mind's eye when they hear JonBenet Ramsey is, is the news clips of her showing her on the stage for a little tiara on and spinning her around in a little dress at a beauty contest. These people were not going to have either their son or themselves accused of sexual abuse, much less murder. First of all, let's go back to they respond. Um, they go, the guy, one guy goes downstairs, search house, and he comes to a door with a bolt on it. Okay, it's bolted from the inside. Open the fucking door, right? If you're going to search a house, you're going to clear a house. You don't know. There might be a, a, a nuclear bomb 
in that room, but you got to clear it for your safety and safety of everybody else. And you're looking for any potential signs of crime. That might've been where they made entry. Who knows with the, we don't know because he fucked it up and didn't open the door. And the whole house should have been a crime scene. Nobody should have come over. Certainly not all the friends and the preacher and everybody else and clean surfaces. Yeah. That's, that should Boulder police PD should be ashamed of themselves for what they did on this day or didn't they? But why wouldn't you do it? I mean, if it, if it was my kid, my house, and, and I knew my daughter had been kidnapped, you don't know how it happened. The whole place is a crime scene. The yard is a crime scene. I'd have had the fucking block rock ro- roped off. And, uh, you know, nowadays, certainly, but they have the cameras. Everybody has a camera. Back then, they didn't, but you might have found tire uh, tracks. You might have found, you know, something. You don't know until you look. And you can't look, uh, even if they found something now, after all these people in it, this attorney would have had a field day with it. Well, and it's Christmas time in Boulder. There's probably snow on the ground. Uh, You know, so vehicle tracks, I mean, they're... uh, Footprint, foot tracks. Right. But we'll never know because uh, they effed it up. Okay, well, somehow the... Initial investigation moves away from suspicion of the family. Whatever. No, and I mean, it comes back to them later on with the grand jury and all that. Yes. But I mean, we go two years, 1,600 people of interest when, as we just sit here around the table looking at a ransom note and considering the circumstances and – not even taking into account other evidence like the, uh, the the different ways of entering the area where she was found, uh, like breaking through windows and things like that. Uh, no cobwebs were disturbed. There, yeah, right, there was right, there was no. Right. Uh, it, it appeared as if the kidnapper would have to have you know rang the front doorbell and, right. <laughs> and come right. in that way. Right. right. Nothing was nothing was disturbed in, and, in and and then I asked them where the the pen and paper were right. So was it just cops looking at this all American family, this probably, beautiful girl, so. everything I seeming think, so wonderful I that this the, could never the ransom note. It, it was the big, uh, part you think it's, it's imperfect. And I agree. It's imperfect. If the family wrote it, that which they have no knowledge, but I certainly think they did. The, uh, they are focused on this to the point where he's trying to get the money from the bank and doing all this stuff, which the ransom note told him not to do. If you believed it, you would have done that. And the cops screwed it up. The yeah, the 1,600 people, that's, you know, that, that's not BPD doing this. This is after the FBI and everybody else involved. Certainly you have to go look for any sex offenders in the area. Let's try to find out anything you can about this. BS group, they signed it, whatever. The uh, yeah, you want to look at everybody, but your main that doesn't mean you don't have a main focus on somebody, right? You have to exclude other people. All the tips come in every time a work homicide new story runs. You get a hundred phone calls and ninety nine of them are quack jobs, but you got to run them all down. So that's where the sixteen hundred. Don't let that throw you all. It might it, it could have been ten thousand six hundred. They could have looked at. But they they had an idea 
in as proven, and I think it was 98 or whenever the um, grand jury came in and said, hey, this is bullshit. Right. This is when the, the DA didn't think he could uh, he could get right. a conviction, right. and, uh, and so they didn't indict. But let's go backwards for a second, just timeline-wise. What we're supposed to understand as outsiders is that the mother finds the ransom note. The ransom note explicitly tells the mother to do anything but call the police. And she calls the police. So you, that's the first thing. You, you <laughs> that's, think that, that's the first that, thing. That, that, that Patsy Ramsey had such faith in the Boulder Police Department that she can call 911 after she's reading this letter. How many times did they say they would kill her daughter? You won't even get her body back for a burial and you're going to call the police. And I would say this. Actually, the ransom note was talking to the father, not the mother. If you notice, they reference John the whole time. They don't say anything right, about right, Patsy. Right, almost as if it was someone, you know, and like, I'm like Woody. I, I'm not, I, don't, I wasn't there. I don't know that she did it, but I have my suspicions. But if she wrote that letter, she, she didn't write it in a first-person point of view, which is – in other words, she singled out John because she's thinking naturally that, and she put I'm not down on single him. Out myself. And she put down on him. Don't don't think you're the smartest person. Da 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 da. Yeah. Throughout which the, the there's no way they is. would suspect me because it, I'm married and, to him and I love right. him. And you're so stupid. I have to tell you to bring a a, a large enough attaché case. Yeah. And and whatever this bullshit. The the now could it be that. Uh, I mean, obviously, she knew, and no direct knowledge. My thought process being that she gets alerted at some point that whoever in the house kills Jean Bonnet, and now she's like, "Now I got to fix y'all shit again." Right. Right. So I'm gonna write this ransom note. So mom goes into, and that would sort of fit the personality of a beauty queen mom if you're you know because those women that those women profiling that, a little bit there uh, some pretty nice beauty queen moms I'm talking about on those reality shows know, uh, about you, know, the, the, you the watch pageants those, and we love our do. beauty queen listeners yeah, well-rounded on my reality now TV, know, yeah now we never might watch this beauty queen reality show <laughs> And six different brands of the housewives. Um, oh, God, my wife. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it again, just looking at it uh, for the first time in, in years, it, it seems like heads would have got around a table, looked at the circumstances, and concluded pretty quickly that their focus ought to be Internally on the family. Right. But you also had an ape, an acute political emergency. It blew up nationwide, worldwide, and it was a shit show. Really Primarily was. because of the exposure of, uh, you know, the beauty pageant right. exposure right. that. So, so the media, the media impact. The investigation. I, absolutely. Her beautiful yeah. face is everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The family is grieving. Look at this, uh, you know, perfect piece of Americana you, we have here. She in, laid in dead Boulder. in the basement yeah. for for half a day. You know, I mean, the come on, man. You know, and the the matter. But I was reading the autopsy report. The the she was choked out by 
paintbrush and wire, that's personal. And she was dead the whole time. So there's no need for a ransom note. That's an, I mean, why you go in there and kill her and if you were an outside person, go in there and brutally, uh, I can't think of a more horrible way for a six-year-old to die than have wire wrapped around her neck and tightened up with a paintbrush, right? There's no way. There's no way the kidnapper was— And then you're going to leave a, a ransom note? There's no way the kidnapper was still there. The ransom note was upstairs. He was downstairs with her. The police yeah, yeah, were already on the, the police were already the on the premises. Yeah. They broke the rules, and now he's yeah. following through on his threat to kill her if they call the police. Yeah, absolutely. And somehow absolutely he gets out because uh, yeah, they'd have to be the world's dumbest criminal. Oh, I'm a kidnapper and leave a ransom note, but I'm gonna hide in your basement and see if you break the rules. You know, by the way, he couldn't have done that because that basement door was locked from the interior side of the house. You can't go inside that basement room and reach out and lock the door with a deadbolt. Well, he had to get in there somehow if the body was in there. He, if he got in, yeah, he got in there, but the deadbolt's on the outside. He got in there, he can't shut the door and then lock the deadbolt that's on the outside of the door. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's bullshit. We should title this. Bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, So there was a lot of theories involved with this case that came out, obviously, when you have something that is just national exposure, really international exposure, uh, people start developing their own theories, whether they have all the information or not. Idaho murders. Yeah, exactly like the Idaho murders. Uh, And so the family member theory was one of them that was developed, and it's centered around Burke. And Burke was was nine years old. That was JonBenet's brother. And he was interviewed at least three times by investigators. The first two interviews, they didn't really raise any concerns. As a matter of fact, the the uh, psychologist stated that they had a very healthy, caring family. Uh, now, in 1998, Boulder Police Chief Mark Beckner said in an interview that Burke Ramsey was not involved. He completely ruled him out. And in 1999, the district attorney's office kind of reiterated that because these theories were becoming kind of a huge thing. People were saying, oh, the brother had to do it, you know, and and all of those sorts of things. So they were very adamant about ruling out Burke. I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on that. The, I personally, again, I have no direct knowledge. I think that my first uh, back up. Boulder Police Chief, how many six-year-old deaths has he worked when it's been a prominent family, right? So what most police chiefs are almost political figures. They don't know a fucking thing about investigation. The Nobody wants to believe that a nine-year-old can kill a six-year-old sister. And then you throw in the, the, the fact that she's been sexually abused uh, uh, and all that, so you would lean more towards the dad if you're going with the family theory. But I believe that Burke either accidentally or whatever, I mean, maybe he's been playing with her sexually uh, 
you know, as, as he's developing, maybe somebody was playing with him before. That's a learned behavior, whatever, however it may be. But I believe they, he had involvement with it and went in no-shit mode, and then the parents went in no-shit mode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And I've always believed that. And, and, and you know, I followed this from the beginning and been to classes on and everything else. You'll never make And there, I can't remember what it was. Like a couple of years ago, he just did, a, a as an adult, did an interview about it saying that you know, the, the parents should be owed an apology and all that, whatever. Um, I'd like to have a shot at him. Nine-year-old, I mean, there are different interview pro- protocols and stuff like that. And a parent would have had to been in the room. They're not, you're not going to interview a juvenile without at least one guardian present and stuff like that. So, but if if this has been going on in their house, certainly they've been groomed to keep it in the family. Well, and there and there were some other theories. For example, the the mother. Uh, there was a theory where John Bonet, who was a bedwetter. Uh, the mother would get very frustrated about this. That was kind of well-known and struck her during kind of a fit of rage to do with this bedwetting incident. Uh, thought she killed John Bonet when she struck her. So then strangled her to make it look like it was somebody else because uh, maybe in her mind, just what you said, that's a very personal way of killing someone and they won't suspect I would strangle my own daughter to death. Um, well, uh, the suspicion is John Bonet was still alive and the strangulation in fact killed her, uh, or that's one of the theories. So, so you have two theories there, one with the son and then one with the mother where she struck her for bedwetting. Yeah, well, you know what, even if it was the dad, let's say dad is 
raping JonBenet, and the mom comes in and sees it and goes off or whatever, or the dad does it and admits to the mom, and that's why this letter is, is dogging on so hard. And let's say Bert didn't have anything to do with it. The deal is the ransom note tells all in my mind, the paper from the house, the pen from the house, the wording, and the, the fact that they didn't follow the instructions. If I, they would have had a better chance, I mean, obviously, whoever did it got away with it, right? But they would have had a better chance of this case never been so hard scrutinized had they not put that fucking ransom letter in there. Yeah, and, that's and, the and smoking said, oh, my daughter, you. My daughter is strangled in the basement. An intruder, whatever, then, you know, they could, well, they would have focused elsewhere. The ransom note effed everything up and made it so outside the box and makes it so controversial. Well, and you could maybe see in a complete state of panic where parents are looking at each other, our daughter's dead, there's nothing we can do about that. Our son did it. Right. We can't lose two kids. Right, right. right. So I see that. So we have got to do whatever we can do right. to cover this thing up and protect Burke. Right. And, and and they're not professional criminals. The, the letter gets written, and it is what it is. And and whether dad did it or mom did it or uh, son did it, somebody in that house did it, period. Investigators questioned Burke three times. Yeah. Well, then every investigator is different. You have to know what uh, – experience they have and everything else. And let me tell you something. The, I, I've, I know on cases that I've worked where people are psychopath, narcissistic and then psychopathic on top of it. And I'm a hell of an investigator and I know they did it. And I, I've called them in lies and everything else. And they just can sit there, just look at you, no expression, no remorse. I even say I would do voice from the grave and, or pray with them, do whatever I have to do, try everything in the world to get them to crack a nine-year-old? To, to get a little veneer. A nine-year-old? Hey, if the nine-year-old's been being raped since, or whatever, yeah. I mean, but, but the parents are in the room. They, they didn't interview that kid by himself. And if they know, the kid knows, they... they and probably an attorney. As yeah, yeah, as but, well. but the, the kid knows this is how we do get down at our house and my mom and my dad are sitting here with me. And if I say anything other than what they so told me, then shit, I might end up like Jean Bonnet. Now they're not going to look, they're not going to beat this nine year old for a confession or holler at him or anything like that. They're simply asking simple questions in, in a nine year old can say, will say whatever their coach to say. This is a cold case remains open. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be because it should have been solved. Should have been worked correctly and solved. Okay, so that's one theory. Now, we have another theory uh, that is obviously intruder-based. So, as any good investigation goes, you look at kind of all angles, all possibilities. And one of these angles was the intruder version. And so, there were some things 
that struck me as I dug into this case as odd and a way for an intruder to gain access into the house. One thing that we mentioned earlier was it was Christmas time. It was holiday time. And what do you do during Christmas time? You string lights everywhere, and you have extension cords coming out of windows and things like that. Well, there were two windows where they had extension cords running out of the windows, and they were closed and uh, almost shut, but there was a little gap there at the end where the extension cord went through and the, the windows were unable to lock. So there were two of those. And they also had a door that was left unlocked, strangely enough. Now, the door thing, if you're involved in it and you're a family member, you can always unlock a door to say, oh, they went in the unlocked door. But the window thing does make sense that you would string that extension cord out. So there were some ways for them to gain access. But all of that being said, on these windows, they still had undisturbed cobwebs, things like that, that you would look for. If you saw a bunch of broken cobwebs, the foliage is disturbed outside of the window. Well, there's where they went in. None of that was obvious. Uh, They did find one footprint inside the basement that was unidentified. They can't really uh, track that to any one individual. Um, so that was all the evidence they really had of an intruder coming in was that one footprint that was unidentified. The other things, although there was some ways to gain entry with the unlocked windows and doors, uh, it didn't appear anyone went in through those areas to gain access. And had they done what they should have done and roped off the scene, they could say without a doubt that, no one had been. They could look for shoe prints outside and everything else. The shoe print inside. Who's to say that it wasn't one of the searchers in the home uh, when, when they finally, or the initial search, or at the, after the fact when they start working this crime scene? Mm-hmm. I agree. So the let me let me tell you the, about this real quick. The the letter being signed by this whatever group. Um, I can tell you from many, many years' experience, someone who kills a child or pretty much anybody, uh, and, it, and it's a group, loose lips sink ships. Somebody's got to talk, and yeah. they would have talked. And I, I know the family put up a reward at one point and all that. Um, if you were involved in it, you oh, could put so, up a $6 trillion reward, so and you go, know you'll never going have to back pay to, it. To the, right, exactly. Go, go, going back to what you asked me earlier about um, could be solved now. It, I can tell you one thing. If I was in that house and it was my sister or my daughter and I had took part in whether it's the cover-up or the actual killing itself, you, the John Ramsey's still alive, Patsy's in the grave, um, Burke's an adult now, you have no incentive, no incentive to tell on yourself. You know they don't have shit. It's been an open case for 30 years or however long it's been. And that what incentive will you ever have to give them more evidence than they already have? None. And I'm working a cold case right now. I won't say which one. And I know who did it. And I know who did it. I can't I know beyond which one. reasonable doubt. I know where the missing person is. Yes, you're saying too much. No, no. <laughs> the, 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 I'm, I'm always working cold case. I get requests every day. That, um, but if I could prove it, their ass would be in jail. But here's the one thing: you better believe that they 
these investigators, not these, these guys might be dead by now, but the, uh, whoever's got this case, they have their theory. They have their main theory. It's, but and you think they're still working it? Oh, yeah. But uh, that's always, you never forget about a, a case that you work like this that's still open. The, the, you may look at it every day on your desk or pull it out once a month and look at it or whatever, but they have their, their main theory. The problem is, as less than 1% of all cold cases ever get solved, and the longer the case is cold, the harder it is to solve it. Cases like this, especially if the family is involved and one of them's dead, the other one's an adult now, and, you know, it's been in the music center, you're not going to tell on yourself. You have no no calls to you. You have to just sit back and wait because the one thing that will never run out in this case is statute of limitation on murder. There is none. Right. Well, one thing that I would like to know if I was an investigator, cold, cold case investigator, I'd want to know, is what is Burke's relationship with his father today? Yeah, because if you've if you've been through something like this that did this to a family, mm-hmm. and you're the father who protected the the son, yeah. Um, well, there. And by the way, there are step. I don't know how close they were before, but John Ramsey was married once before and had ki- kids that were older. From uh, that marriage, I don't know what their relationship was specifically with Jaminet and and Burke, but I, I would I would want to understand the family dynamic today yeah. because if they're all in separate corners of the country, not in communication with each other, and that's a, that that's would a, be a pretty a, good indication yeah, that, I mean, and I'm sure they're looking at that. But I whatever the relationship was um, with step family. Yeah, I, I can tell you one thing: they weren't in the house that night. No, they weren't. And and uh, as far as his relationship with his dad, who knows? And even if you did know, um, that doesn't put, give you probable cause in this case. You know, it just if they're estranged, it doesn't prove anything other than they're estranged. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But it would focus you. But uh, it, it, they're me, focused. They're I, focused on something. They're, you got to stay. When you get on something like this, you have to fo- stay on it until. And the other sixteen hundred people, you stay on it until you can disprove it, or you get more information. and You keep moving on it. They they have a focus on it, and they always will have. And the sad thing is, this case is never going to be solved unless somebody's on their deathbed and is afraid of going to hell and says, "This is what happened." There you go. You heard it straight from the man. See, I would be so. effing with this guy. I would drop like fifty uh, pineapples on his right. front, yeah, outside yeah. his front door. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, we won't talk about things that swim. Someone who isn't <laughs> me did, and investigations. But I can tell you this. I mean, you know, look, we can talk about the the autopsy. Uh, most people, I don't know if most people even know that one of the main parts of the autopsy is they cut your stomach open, mm-hmm. and uh, I can remember. The uh, old doc, what's his name, and, uh, cut stomach open in front of him one time, and he's sniffing it, and he's like smelling it. I mean, I never do. I'm good, and he's like, "No, smell it, and and tell oh, me what you think God. it is." And and I sniffed, and it was a little bit sweet, and then uh, uh, it had a sweet smell to it. He said it's barbecue sauce, and it was like 
damn, it smells like an open thing of craft barbecue sauce. Wow. But that, that is, that is a very real part of the autopsy. So don't take that out of context. If you die under suspicious circumstances, they're cutting your stomach open. Yeah. And hopefully you weren't eating a bag of dicks. Boom, Jim. (laughs) Well, and they found, and they found. We're not taking that out. They, they, they did. And they found the pineapple. Right, right, right. And suspect the pineapple. Right. And they found the brother's fingerprints on the bowl. Yeah, of well, the pineapples in the kitchen. His house. I'm sure he got some out of that bowl before. But yeah, I mean that's what I'm kind that's, of. That's that. That, that to me is not a huge bit of proof right. though, because of a father as a father of three kids, my daughter brings my other daughter bowls all the time, uh, and have they've done that since they were kids. My son will bring my daughter cereal right. bowls. Uh, uh, you know, if she ate pineapples and he picked it up off the kitchen counter and handed it to her, to me that doesn't prove Did anything. Doctor. Doctor, uh, too easy to explain. Away. I don't want to say it's, it's been Laden because it's not been Laden. It's close to that. This guy, this forensic pathologist, I don't know if y'all remember, he had the show on HBO, uh, something like Voices from the Grave or whatever, but he would go back and do these autopsies that were suspicious on other things, and he'd always come back and prove it one way or another. This guy is the most world-renowned pathologist ever, and he's, he's world-famous, and he said – in the beginning, that it was the mama. Do y'all remember that? You know what I'm talking no, about? I, I, I was unaware. Where, where's but the, but the, I, where's I the believe you. Reading it? I mean, he he did. They brought him in because so high profile, He he's going to come in and, and give. Uh, where, where's the first part that you're at? Um, I don't know. Um, oh, the setup, this? What Mike wears? I mean, you got all the other paper. That's all the paper. No, oh, I have the other ones. Yeah. Because this is important. People that, that know this guy are going to know what that was important to me. Let's see. I don't remember a pathologist. It's, it's in here. I'm telling you, I have a photograph from memory. I just can't. I don't want to get the name correct because I used to watch this show, Voices from the Grave or something like that. It was a hell of a good show. Tales from the Crypt. Tales no, no, Something like that. <laughs> Where's it, the beginning of the other article? I'm going to take it two minutes, but I think this is important. This is the very beginning. All right. It's going to be on these pages. No, no. Next page. Here you go, bro. Next. Next. Autopsy three voices from the grave. Three voices from the grave. But it but it was it was like an episode called Autopsy. I'm telling you, he Michael Badon. Michael Badon. Oh, he didn't say she did it. He said he said okay. All right. So Michael Badon. He said he thought she she wrote the note. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she took. When I say she did, she took part of it. Boom, Jim. Boom, Jim. So y'all, Michael uh, Biden. 
uh, he's like the most famous forensic pathologist in the, the world. Uh, even had the show on HBO. Autopsy 3, Tales from the Grave. But the, he had a whole series uh, of it. It may not have been on HBO. He had a whole series where he would go back and, and do these autopsies. Quincy. What's that? No, <laughs> I Quincy. said Quincy. But listen, <laughs> yeah. uh, this guy. Quincy was good. Is <laughs> like wrote the Bible on, on forensic uh, pathology. And he said. Uh, and he consulted on both sides of the case for the defense and, and the prosecution. And he said he had never seen a note talking about the ransom note in his 60 years of experience. And he did not think it was written by an outside stranger. There you go. The proof's in the pudding, as they say, you down yeah, here in the deep the, south. He, he didn't have a dog in the fight. And if he could have proved it, it was an outside person or whatever. Over the years, this, this case has been done on all the television shows and even covered in Rolling Stone magazine, et cetera. And at some point, uh, oh, the, the family moved to Atlanta before a Patsy died, you know, to get away with it and uh, not to get away with it, to get away from the, the constant pressure uh, up there, et cetera. And, but at some point, it, uh, even after CBS covers it, the family, the remaining members, Burke Ramsey filed, the brother, filed a $750 million defamation lawsuit against CBS over the Networks docuseries, The Case of Jean Benet Ramsey. And, but it was, two sides reached an amicable resolution of the differences, and the docuseries pushed the theory that Burke killed his younger sister. So hmm. um, the dad now, I believe, Jim is living in. Michigan, Charlevoix, Michigan, Sh- Charlevoix, Michigan. Um, for, I want to say this because we always say it, and I, and I do mean it, it. It is my heart goes out to this little baby girl. Um, could we be wrong? Could I be wrong? And someone from the outside do it? You know, I mean, you know, I could also tell you the moon is made of cheese and it's going to crash into the earth of the day, and you better go buy some rich crackers. It might happen. The chance is very slim, uh, but uh, my heart goes out to this little baby girl. And you can't forget about the, the signs of sexual abuse. Right. I mean, that, whatever. The, uh, that's It's a story I, I actually get, like, weekly requests on it in five years. That's a long time. And I've always said I would cover it in some way, and I'm glad to get to cover you two gentlemen on Real Life Real Crime Daily. I wish the moon were made of cheese. That would be good. I tell you that, boy. You better go buy you some crackers. <laughs> we'll get on one of those. I would uh, totally eat the moon. <laughs> Big you fan of cheese. Make a belly glow. <laughs> All right. Mike, Woody, that was a pretty good episode. Any Any final thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I want to know why her stepbrother, John, supposedly devoted his life to finding justice for his little sister. So uh, supposedly the stepbrother is uh, uh, full-time still investigating this case, trying to find, you know, I, I don't know, is that, that like when OJ was going to find the real killer? I, I, I don't know. Um, but Burke, Burke, and his bro- Burke and his father have a, Good relationship and are together in Michigan. So there goes my. Uh, I, I want to say Burke. this real quick. There was a article by uh, I 
I guess it's nzherald.com, whatever. It says, juror breaks secrecy laws to reveal what he knows who killed Jean Benet Ramsey. A uh, grand jury on the Jean Benet Ramsey case has broken strict secrecy laws to say he knows who killed the six year old Judy Queen and re- reveal how he and fellow jurors were silenced. Risk and prosecution, which could lead to imprisonment. The male juror has told US TV show 2020 the shocking decision the grand jury came to almost two decades ago. The Colorado grand jury convened in 1999, less than two years after JonBenet Ramsey was murdered and her body found in the basement of her multimillionaire parents' home in Boulder, Colorado. Asked to deliberate on whether JonBenet's parents, John and Patsy Ramsey, should have been indicted over the murder, the juror tells the program the panel of eight women and four men voted yes. They were told to indict only if they found probable cause. In other words, that they found it was more likely than not that the Ramseys killed their own daughter, 2020 Amy Robach says. Was there enough evidence to indict John and Patsy Ramsey for a crime? Robach asked the junior juror who responds, based upon the evidence that was presented, I believe that was correct. But asked if the case had gone to trial, did he believe the Ramseys would be convicted? The juror answered no. Based on the evidence you presented, do you feel you know who killed Jean Benet Ramsey? Robach asked. The jury responded, I highly suspect that I do. The revelation comes in a week in which the Colorado Bureau investigation announced it would be conducting sophisticated DNA testing on the underwear and long John. John Benet's body was clothed in, in death. DNA analysis at the time exonerated the Ramsey family, but new evidence has come to light. And although the grand jury voted to indict Jean Benet's parents 17 years ago, the Colorado prosecutor at the time disagreed and did not follow through with the jury's recommendations. And mm. it was on uh, whatever. So yeah. hopefully indicted, one day they'll close it. You're indicted unanimously by a grand jury oh, because the district attorney disagrees with they, they 12 sent, people. They sent it to the grand jury. That ought to be a, they, yeah. a law that – they, they grand jury indict you. You're not. They send it to the secret grand jury. Then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of course, like Courtney Coco's murder trial, the defense guy says you can indict a ham sandwich because in a grand jury, prosecution gets put on their side. Uh, you, you know, defense, defense doesn't, doesn't etc. But that's the grand jury is only, and that's a good. The, the, the grand point. jury is only to establish the probable cause, even though they they agreed that they had probable cause, the district attorney makes the decision not to prosecute because you know why? They love to say they got a 98.5% conviction rate. You know why that is? Because they plead out 98% of them. Right. And the other 0.5% go to trial. Don't get me started and, on the And you don't want to take a loss, especially <laughs> in the most high-profile case and probably one of the most high-profile cases in the history of the United States, which follows in to this segment which of Real Life Real Crime Daily, which we're talking about crimes of the century. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, Mike? Burke did it. <laughs> I'm looking at Mike. His head smoking. He's like, uh, <laughs> there's too many thoughts. Yeah. We have no evidence. Of Mike, that, Mike, Mike, can you say <laughs> no seven hundred fifty million dollar lawsuit here? Lawsuit say, say I, uh, this is America. I have no direct knowledge. Yeah. Okay. This is Mike Argento, uh, and this is America, and I have no direct knowledge. But um, but I believe uh, I believe in the pineapple theory. <laughs> I'm sold on the pineapple. 
That's love. I think it's a great episode. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please share this show with everybody you can think of on all your social media that you uh, would think would get something out of this show, especially a true crime fan and a current true crime fan. We always love those. Uh, and until next time. And and y'all, thank you so much because you have been liking and sharing them and leave us a review if you would. Uh, three days a week, Real Life Real Crime Daily. Our numbers are through the roof. We never had, uh, at least I never thought we'd have so much success. And it's because you, the listeners. Thank you. And my influence. Um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> a, a week from listening to this episode, you will get another episode of the Crimes of the Century. And that episode, we absolutely positively promise you, we know who the killer is. <laughs> yes. Hey. So we're solving one. (laughs) Maybe I'll go on the defense on that one. Right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, we come at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Peace! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.